Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Show. I am so thrilled you are here and joining us today for this very special interview. Um, So this podcast is all about working with women who have consulting practices. So perhaps you are working B2B and you have um, speaking, training, coaching, consulting, um, advisory, mentoring, all of the above. (laughs) So any of those things. And uh, today I'm going to interview one of our very special guests and someone who is in our Women with Influence program um, to go a little bit behind the scenes and talk a little bit about her practice, how she got there, uh, some of the amazing work that she does, and hopefully you find it as inspiring as I do. So uh, our very special guest today is a seasoned executive. So she is a bit like a savvy chef. She knows how to put a pinch of ambiguity and a dash of complexity and a dollop of effective leadership and she cooks up success. <laughs> With over 30 years experience working on complex and challenging contexts, she's become an expert in leadership, stakeholder engagement and change. Um, she has a really warm and insightful approach in her work and she brings a real sense of clarity for what can seem really complex situations for people and their teams. Um, she turns mountains into really manageable molehills, and it's a really uh, unique skill that she has. She's committed to helping leaders and organisations navigate through the tough stuff and come out the other side not only surviving but thriving. So I hope you enjoy this really great interview with Suzanne Le Boutillier. Okay, Suzanne, I'm so excited you are here. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Jane. I love talking to you, as you know, (laughs) so very happy to be here. (laughs) Suzanne, you have just such a fascinating um, practice and your area of expertise fascinates me I guess maybe it's because I go you know in this game as a consultant you're dealing with a lot of complexity a lot of uncertainty all those things but you've had a really amazing career to get to this point and you know because on the surface it can look like oh she's amazing this all magically happened overnight and she's got (laughs) you make it all look so easy um but are you happy to share a bit of your journey how did you end up in suzannelaboutelia.com (laughs) <laughs> okay. So um, I suppose, Jen, a lot of people who know me will probably tell you that I'm a workaholic, mm. but <laughs> I have to tell you that over my career, when I was employed, it wasn't always by choice. Right. Um, and I found myself in a situation where it tended to amplify all my reactive tendencies. So it really triggered my perfectionism, my tendency to want to please people, my drive, and my deep sense of responsibility and purpose. Right. And what I found is that actually stopped me from being the person that I wanted to be right. and how I wanted to exist in the world. And when I really started thinking about it, I realised that it wasn't making my soul sing. Right. There were 
pieces of work I absolutely loved and I was absolutely passionate about and I'm still very very purpose-driven but I realized that I needed to actually prioritize me a little bit more and so um, working outside of the public sector meant that I could still help affect system change by working on projects that I loved and with people that I really could see enormous potential in and you know, I get quite excited about being part of those people's journeys. Right. But um, I decided that I just needed to stop being an employee right. and I needed to actually tap into all of the different things that I've done and help people in a range of different ways so they can thrive in complexity. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I think for a lot of those people listening today, they're probably going, oh, that's so me. My soul is dying <laughs> in yeah. corporate or feeling like I just, I've got more in me, but I'm just not probably getting to bring all of that yeah. self-expression out to not only what you love, but being able to to help people. What What do you think really helped you make the shift like how did you actually do that okay so um and this is typical for me so I'm someone who likes um to have a secure base Mm. so I remember doing a leadership day with some women one day and one of this very successful businesswoman said to me wow she said you're really interesting because you've done all these really big and challenging jobs at work where you've really had to go into really um, difficult situations where it was really complex and you didn't know how it was going to work out. But she said, but you've had your hair cut by the same hairdresser since you were in grade six. You've had the same dentist since you were three years old, you know, and I had this whole list of other things that were like a secure base for me. So no surprise. The reason I made the shift is I burnt out. um, Took me 15 years of coming close at different times, but needing to really take some time out because the circumstances at work were just completely overwhelming and unsustainable. Right. And when I came back to work, I was, um, they did, they were doing a review and they decided to break up the area that I worked in right. and my role wasn't the same. And my boss at the time was very kind and ended my contract early, triggering a termination payment, which I was studying at university at the time. I'd already decided after burning out, I wanted to get back to being the leader that I wanted to be. And I was doing something called an executive graduate certificate in leadership through coaching and mentoring. And when people told me, oh, it's transformational, I thought, oh, yeah, they all say that, but it really (laughs) was. was (laughs) So I had a bit of a gift of... um, being given some time and I had a little bit of a safety net for a little while to work out um, who I was Mm. and how do I get back to that person Mm. and what type of a person do I want to be and that's when I made the decision that I wanted to have a velvet rope across the front of my business so an exec coach I had said to me rather than focusing on what I didn't want and the fear of being caught up in that burnout situation again, Mm. focus on um, having my own velvet rope and deciding who I let beyond that velvet rope into my VIP area. Michael Port, book yourself solid. We love Michael Port. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. And then what happened? 
Um, and then I started talking to people that I used to know and I got my first consulting gig and um, I made the classic mistake of I got all excited, you know, had, it was a very big consulting gig, loved the clients, loved the project. I got in, I did it and I, this is during COVID, um, and I knew nothing about um, <laughs> building a pipeline, developing relationships, nurturing relationships, you know, and so then it was a bit hairy there for a while afterwards until I managed to finally get it get it going again. Right. Um, yeah, so it, it was, yeah, stop and start. <laughs> oh, well, certainly I think in the first couple of years, those listening today would be able to relate to that because, you know, it's not till you knee deep in that you start to realize because often we'll sort of work off those networks don't we when we start yes. they'll go oh you're leaving can we still get you to come work with us can you finish this project or whatever um but then the reality kicks in of okay do you have a database <laughs> do you have yes. how are you going to get leads and then you know that hits hard but today you know you've come such a long way in terms of your practice now and the type mm. of work that you do, what does your practice look like? Are you um, speaking? Are you doing a bit of coaching? Is it workshops? I know you do a lot of facilitation. What is the yeah. what is the mix of programs that you deliver? What does um, that look like? It's a very big mix. <laughs> and it's even, I find I've got some clients where I've gone in and I've done one type of um, engagement for them and then they've realized I can do all of these other things and then I'm so I've got a few clients that I consult and I do consult on projects and I provide okay. really informed advice related to my background yeah um I do coaching I do mentoring yeah. I do facilitation um I train them in um some of the evidence-based tools and techniques that I um, specialize in. Mm -hmm. So I do a, a really broad range. I um, am speak, starting to speak. And yeah. that's certainly an area that I'm focused on building because yeah. I used to do a lot of speaking as a senior public servant. Yes. But now I'm really finding my feet as a um, professional speaker. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So you've taken your expertise plus sort of um, elevated it and gone deeper in your IP and then yeah. looked at the different modes of how you can deliver that. So whether it's speaking, facilitation, training, and um, you are just prolific. For those who are listening, um, if you haven't jumped on Suzanne's newsletter, she writes a fantastic newsletter. But oh, thank you. Um, I know that wasn't always necessarily, you know, we sort of think sometimes people just magically have this gift of writing newsletters and getting this IP out of their head. But you have done an amazing job on how you've been able to get to this point where you should see Suzanne, by the way. You should see if you get to catch up with her. She has this incredible thought of how she's got her IP catalogued and everything. It's so perfect. But it wasn't always like that, was it? How did you... So, get to this point of being able to be not only prolific but so insightful and now this process that you've got now because I, I know that was a, a big one for you yeah it was and um a few different things I think were playing out my perfectionism my fear right. of other people's opinions okay and you had a big part to play in this oh. because I had been involved in um something which I know you came out of Thought Leaders Business School as well. Yes. And I had done all the curriculum repeatedly 
and I had never ever written a pink sheet or a content sheet, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and I just seemed to have this massive block. And so I made the choice to come along to one of your content creation boot camps. And I know you sat there and watched me squirming <laughs> in my seat. <laughs> I'm about ready to walk out. In the kindest way, in the kindest <laughs> way. I'm not, a, not really a torturer. <laughs> no, no, she was very nice about it. She was very nice and supportive, but it was just, it must have been really humorous to sit me, watch me sitting there trying to get this pink sheet out. And then I just got on a roll. And I thought I would never do, and like I couldn't do a newsletter, but I was really inspired by some of the other women there and what they were doing and understanding what they did. And um, so I started and I think that advice about just set yourself a discipline. Yeah. And so my routine is I have to have the newsletter done, you know, at least the draft by Monday night. Right. And sometimes I'm sitting down on a Monday night, but I always write my pink sheet on my content sheet first. Yep. And then I, I sit down and I write it. So I might see something or, or notice something the week before and think, oh, that would be a good newsletter. But before I write it, I make myself sit down and capture my IP. So really yeah. develop my thinking. That's and it. then I just copy and paste it into a blank document. Yeah. And then I rewrite it into what I want to say. But I've got all the elements there. Yeah. And you that's how I built it. So around number it. 30 this week. Thank you to you. Number 30. <laughs> so for this, that's for this year, how many you've done? Yeah. yeah. Since I've started, number 30. Since started. Yeah. Amazing. So for those who are wondering, full acknowledgement to um, Matt Church, who created a program called Thought Leaders Business School. He's been around for a long time. And uh, Matt created what is called the Pink Sheet Process, which is how to unpack your thought leadership. So for those who are listening, um, you can um, Google Matt Church Thought Leaders um, or Pink Sheet Process. We've created a slightly simpler version that doesn't have necessarily as much modelling on it, which I find sometimes quite often and you're not necessarily the first one to say that Suzanne in full respect to the pink sheet process but I do find and this is why I created the content page because I found that I don't know if it was just a mostly women I don't know if it, it didn't really come across a lot of men necessarily but I found that modeling tended to distract people and pull people into so much self-doubt and fear and and um quicksand that the it would pull the time energy effort away from the rest of the the thinking so for example so for those who are listening what does this mean so if you're unpacking a piece of ip you've got things like what's the message what how do you explain it in a metaphor what would be the story you might tell have you got quote um and for a lot of thought leadership you might have some modeling in it but uh, some people really thrive in in modeling, but I I just found repeatedly that it just it just stalled people's thinking so much. I was like, can we just take this off? <laughs> and yeah. um and so I'm glad you got that breakthrough because it was one of the things I was just finding holding so many people back. And we go, you know what? If we need modeling, we'll add it on later. But let's just get yeah. going. And I found it made a difference because now I've finally hit the. I know we had conversations about you've got to get your first hundred out yeah. to get the rubbish out of your head. Yeah. And um, but now that I've got them out, it's easier to play oh. with models. 
And so I've worked out my own process for doing my models and helping me to make sense of all of the different pieces of thinking that I've done and bring it together into a cohesive whole. And it also helps me then identify where I've got gaps. And then I'll think, oh, I'll do a newsletter about that and I'll fill the gap. Yeah. So it becomes part of the iteration process as opposed to, you know, where it originates necessarily. So you can just, you know, it allows that um, a stream of consciousness to just keep moving and it, mm. uh, let the flood, let the flood like floodgates go for yeah. a while, and then we can come back in that iteration of, of yeah. them if we've got to come back and do modeling and, and yours have evolved so much. I'm seeing different palettes, or there's other stories you add on, and they're just a living, breathing sort of tool that continues to evolve. So. Um, with the IP that you're looking at doing, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to, is it um, just newsletters or are blogs and Big plans? What are you thinking? <laughs> so um, I, I went and I spread on my pink sheets and content sheets out and started to look for the patterns in them and and I'm going to write a book. I am Great. writing a book. I'm, I'm well into it now. Yes. And I've been using it all to develop the models that help tie different parts of the book together. Okay. And that will then be um, the, the meta yes. sort of level explanation of what my practice is all about. Right. And then I will develop programs and keynotes and other things from there and I, I think I will always still do um, the facilitation and because health and human services is dear to my heart I'm sure from time to time if there's a project opportunity I really love I'll still do that but I really want to focus in on um, centered leadership yeah centered leadership so what does centered leadership mean okay so I've got two core metaphors within the book Right. And the first one is I've over many years, I always used to talk about I'm just in the middle of a perfect storm. Yes. You know, all of these things have just come together. They've joined up in unexpected ways and it's just overwhelming. And and what I would notice about myself is then my reactive tendency. So my t- tendency to want to control or to make things perfect or to keep everyone happy would just get really amplified in that type of perfect storm environment and you start to to lose yourself in the context. Um, So, and I feel that that's a feeling that a lot of people have these days. Yeah. And what I've realised through all of the work that I've done on myself over the last number of years um, is that you need to find your way into the eye of the storm Right, And you need to deeply ground yourself in that eye and get some perspective and figure out who you need to be next right. and what you need to do next. Right. And you need to then go through. It's not about avoiding the storm. You've got to go back out into the storm through the eye wall and traverse the storm, but then find the next eye of the storm and recenter yourself again. Right. And so the book is all about the... What, what makes up the centering star that guides you from one eye of the storm to the next? Right. Um, amazing. Incredible. The metaphor makes so much sense. And I think not only for leaders in organisations, but for those listening today going, this is kind of like running a practice. <laughs> There's a lot of being in the eye <laughs> yes. of the storm running a practice. There's so much uncertainty that 
you know, that it can feel like there is. Yes, we have structure and tools and systems and things, but it is a, um, uh, you know, it's a game of experiments and trying things and you're having to really stay true to who you are. What was the question you said? The question is, the two questions you have to ask yourself is, um, who do you, um, who, who do you need to who be? Who do next? I need? Who do I need to be next? Yeah. And what do I need to do next? And what do I need to do next? So it's around because, being and doing. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Because when you're in complexity, you can't ever say this is exactly where I'm going to land. Right. Like on this day, on this, you know, in this year. I'm, it's going to look exactly like this, which it goes a little bit contrary to a lot of the visualization and um, types of techniques and things that people tend to or recommend that you do. And right. I'm not saying don't do those things, but I'm saying be realistic in your expectations. Right. Focus on a direction rather than a specific destination. Okay. And when you focus on the direction, you can think of it like, how do I reposition my compass to make sure I'm on track to reach that? direct you know head in that right direction okay. and when you head in that direction you also leave yourself open to new possibilities and opportunities mm. whereas if you're so focused on getting to a particular destination you can inadvertently shut out all of these wonderful things that you could discover or that could, could come your way right. that you could actually turn into something even better so um but yeah so I'm very focused on yeah. who do you need to be next what do you need to do next yeah. Um, because that will change and evolve and and you've just got to stay ready to change and evolve with the context around you. Amazing. And so I'm imagining, Suzanne, you've got people that, you know, those who are um, really good at being centred and at the other end is there are those who are not good at being centred. So yeah. is this a sort of um, measurement or something that you kind of do to help people work out what where they are like I'm imagining yeah. self-awareness yeah. is a big part of big part of work isn't it so there's the inner engagement that you need to do but then there's also outer engagement that makes sense. so what I've the centering star talks about there's a number of different you know arms on the star that come out right at the moment um I'm using other people's diagnostics to measure different elements yes. but my plan is to actually work towards having a meta diagnostic that sits right. over the top that helps people work out where they really need to focus next to balance nice. themselves out um, and to do what's right for right now this is incredible work Suzanne like this is so you know on point for what people are going through and what they've just come through you know I think we I think we can all feel like yeah like a, anyone in any any industry can say they've come through you know feeling this this level of uncertainty mm. and trying to feel centered whether it's for their family or their you know their staff or you know just for them for themselves so just being able to try and navigate through that so and there's only going to be you know what is that saying the only thing that's constant is change okay. <laughs> or you know so you know I think you've got a really bright future with this work and I wish I I wish I had this back when I was a leader in corporate I think this would really oh. help you know trying to keep manage you know just not only your own um journey as a leader but just trying to help others through it because sometimes you might not be able to 
you know, if we don't always have, say, someone like you come in and roll that out in a whole organisation, which is probably what is going to need to happen <laughs> for many. But, yeah. um, uh, but you know, even just being able to help work out with with staff and your teams to help them, okay, well, this is, I can identify which, which part of this model. Yeah. And it's the beauty of your thought leadership so that you're translating what seems all murky and not yes. working out where do I need to spend my energy, effort and time so yeah. that I can not only help myself but I can help others through it. Yeah, and I what I'm finding, a lot of my um, coaching clients are really coaching, mentoring, training clients oh. because what they'll say to me is the reason they like working with me is that I'm, I can do pure coaching if people want that. Right. But what they keep asking me for is a mix so that we actually move between being a coach and then we'll do the transition into there's a mentoring opportunity here and they want to explore and more of a mentoring conversation, the different ways in which you might be able to approach some things. Yeah. I mean, I've lived through a lot of my own things. Like I've had some great successes, but believe me, I've also had my own share, fair share of failures mm-hmm. um, where I've learned so much through those. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you, you know, different frameworks and concepts and tools that help people reflect and feel safe to actually try and experiment themselves mm-hmm. to find what fits for them. Mm-hmm. So it's bringing all of that together in a way that people can actually use it. And if it means that I can stop someone from um, being on the roller coaster like I was, where you're sort of going up towards yes. burnout and then you come down and then you go back up <laughs> and then all of a sudden just slam into, is it a big damper at the end of the the um, roller coaster? If I can mm-hmm. stop someone from, you know, hitting that and just being able to have a gentler ride, <laughs> and I will, my purpose will have been fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> so, Suzanne, in terms of your... Um, practice what does it look like do you have um, a team like do you have a marketing team and a, a you know accounting team and the receptionist so no. what does your practice look like who do you have working with you so um, my core practice is myself and Janella my absolutely amazing assistant right um, Janella and I've worked together for about two years yeah and um, that was a really good choice I yeah. think I made to bring her in and she'd been trained to support a different type of practice but over the last couple of years we've learned how to work together okay and she's very much a part of the rhythm of what I do every week okay so it's her and I and then I have um I will like I've I've started using a fellow on um, Upwork to help me with some of my graphic design. Okay. I've got someone reworking on my PowerPoint templates at the moment. So I look for people that I can then go back to for bits and pieces when I need. Yes. Um, I had some help with my podcast. Um, but, yeah, so it's looking at how do you have that sort of core team, the people that help you, and then I've got what I would call trusted partners or collaborators Okay. that we might work on a bigger project together or um, Samantha Rush and I have developed a game together. Yeah. So we've both got our own separate practices, but we um, did an accreditation for this fantastic tool called Indicator of Ambiguity, um, which we both loved, but we mm-hmm. wanted to do something different with it. So we developed a game together where okay. people can 
um, get an awareness of their own tolerance of ambiguity through actually playing the game. Right. And then they can actually practice the skills that help you build tolerance of ambiguity. And we know the evidence base is really strong around mm. gamified learning. Mm. Um, so we decided it was a good way for people to um, let their teams have fun, but to actually get real value from it. Oh, so good. So clever. I love how you just keep innovating and finding new ways to to find, to take your practice and your expertise in different ways to consume it and to help people get those insights. I think we've got to, it's all about finding clever ways to help people learn and engage and, you know, the old ways don't, don't necessarily um, under default anymore. So, yeah. you know, you've had um, an incredible journey with your practice so far and you've got a big one ahead with your book coming, diagnostics coming. You know, this is really taking your practice to a whole new level. Um, what have been the biggest learnings in your practice? If you had to think like, you know, top two or three, what have, you know, what have you learned about your practice or yourself or, you know, that have been big insights for you? Get the right type of support early. Right. Um, so I, I did get, I've worked with um, coaches in different ways since I came out by myself and I certainly learnt things from them that was that were valuable but what I kept finding is they didn't understand my world right um, and that was so I think if I was to do something differently I would look for someone who understood my world yeah. much earlier yeah and it, it that makes a huge amount of difference mm -hmm. and although you learn things from other people if they don't understand your world they can get you doing things that either um aren't aligned with your brand mm. um, or they're not aligned with you and your values Yes, or they're trying to push you and then you feel this, oh, well, that doesn't feel like me. Yeah. I know I know, I need to do this, but that's not who I am and that's not the type of person that I want to be. Yes. So really getting clear about who you are, what your values are, you're trusting your own gut. Like you've obviously if you if you're in a market that you know really well mm. trust what you know about that I have to keep going back and reminding myself hang on a minute when you were back in one of those jobs what were you like and so because I've got a big issue with fear of other people's opinions right. and I don't like to annoy people and I think yes. oh, I don't want to annoy people I know how busy they are yes. and then I have to sometimes think about well hang on a minute um was it really annoying to get yeah. that or did it just, was it actually a reminder, oh, I need to do something about that. I forgot about it amongst the 10 million other things I needed That's to do. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other big lesson for me is um, very early on, I did something called competing values framework and okay. I did an assessment on my business, which was me. Yes. And realized that um, there were certain aspects of my business that were going to be a weak point for me, right. which was um, things like doing all the financial admin. Yes. Because I'd rather be <laughs> delivering or thinking or yeah. engaging with people. And um, so if I had it all to do again, mm -hmm. I would put structures and systems in place for that really early on because right. what happened is it didn't really matter because it wasn't that busy and then it took off and then it took off for a sustained period of time. Right. And I didn't have those. Then it was just... Um, you just 
backpedaling all the time and I've had to do a lot of cleaning up and just sucks a lot of energy. Yes. So I think if you can get those systems in place and get those supports in early and get the expert advice, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and talk to your accountant rather than wait till it all goes in and then go, help, I'm a bit lost. (laughs) Accounts so valuable. This is, you know, this is for a lot of us, this is, that's not, our game, we're, uh, like you, where we go, we just want to be in a training room. I want to be in stage. I want to be in coaching sessions, you know, but they do come back, you know, around to bite you if you haven't got that support there or know how to get those systems in place. Good bookkeeper, accountant, all those sorts of things. <laughs> That's great advice. I love the practical advice <laughs> on that because it, it it's very stressful if you're having to come back and navigate through all that. Yeah. Plus, often if it when if when it comes back around, you're right in the middle of, you know, working on something. You know, you're working on that next stage of your practice. Yes. And there's a lot of effort. It's going. You're like, oh, I have to get over here and do that. Oh, what yeah. I'm trying to do that. So you're in this, you know, two speed yeah. type. Um, um, yeah, your practice is in two different speeds yeah, with yeah. the two things you've got going on to deal with. Yeah, and. Part of that is working out what is it that you really need to do. Yeah. and But there are some things that, yes, you still need to get in and look at, yes, this was for this and this was for that. But I've worked mm-hmm. out with Janella, my assistant now, mm-hmm. which are the bits that she can do. Yeah. So she does a whole heap of stuff for me and then I go in and then do the finishing bits. And I think investing the time in developing, if, if you do have a VA, mm-hmm. really invest that time in meeting with them, opening up to them, making sure they know who you are, what you like, what you don't like, give really helpful feedback and be really honest and open with them about why something isn't your brand or that if you see something and go, I can't describe exactly what I do want, but I can tell you what I don't want Mm. sometimes. And, um, And just, you know, focus on their development as well I know Janella will obviously we often talk about because she puts my newsletter out every week after I write it mm-hmm. it's like her professional development every week right and um yeah she read them <laughs> she reads it and she puts it into practice and um and yeah so I think investing in that relationship is really important yeah because the if if you can get a long-term relationship with someone it makes it a lot easier because you can open up and you can be clear about what you do and don't want. Um, but it's a two-way thing with them as well. Yeah, that's right. And particularly if you're dealing with offshore team members, you know, you've got to just invest that little bit of time with them. You know, even if it's 15 minutes, you know, each morning with a huddle, particularly while they're getting on, getting, you know, underway with you and onboarding that first 90 days. But, you know, the churn that you can experience otherwise of going, you know, sometimes our expectations might be a little bit high or we're expecting them to be 100% independent, but it's a different way of working a little bit. But once you've got it, you've got it. Like they won't go anywhere if they're treated because, you know, they're treated well, um, you know, if you've got the right setup. And if you know it's coming back to your own skills as a leader of how to help them to perform well, um, because otherwise the churn can kill you in trying to find the right person. But I like I think 
what you've done with Janelle has been phenomenal. Um, and it's a it's a challenge for, sometimes for those who are going, I'm trying to juggle all this stuff. I've got family. I'm trying to run my programs. I don't have time to talk to my BA. I just need them to be able to do it. But, you know, they'll you'll end up in turn because they go, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, they don't feel confident. The work won't get done. And then you're back to square one again. But for what you've been able to create with her, um, and she, now she's, I think from memory. She's said, amazing. Oh, no, yeah. It's not all me. It's also, yeah. she's, she's wonderful. Like she, she is, yeah. um, she's so hardworking and she's so keen to learn. She's mm. studying. She's doing other things as well. She's, right. um, yeah. But, um, I, and I know that um, I'm the problem often, Do you know, right. it's not her. It's like, I might not have spent the time I need to to make yes. sure things are clear mm-hmm. um I'm not and what I've been learning is I'll do things like um if I'm starting a new coaching client on the coaching platform I realize why am I doing this all of the time so I started <laughs> then doing it and then you know recording the steps that I did and then I gave it to her and then I get her to test it the next time we start a coaching client and then I oh, look now that's something that she can take yeah. over and I say well can you put that in the procedure form and you know we're trying to get a system in place so that we're capturing all of that information about how to how to do things in the yes. way that suit my practice yes but um you have to put the effort in and so yes. most of the time when when things don't work quite the right way with Janella it's because I haven't put the work in it's not because of Janella well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'm super impressed you know you've got you're a real example of a great team that you've been able to make it work and you know it can be sometimes we're um you know when, sometimes we've got um those ladies I talk to and they can feel like when you've got offshore staff it's out of sight out of mind and um but you you know you've got to work together and you've done an amazing job with that and you know you because because you can pick up it, it often is us it's 99 percent of the time something's not working out okay I assume too much or I didn't explain that properly or um but over time the compounding of that you know one percent every day you know it's just yeah. okay I'll tweak that can you update the template <laughs> do a little video so we've got that all that investment of all those you know those little um pebbles to put in the jar I go there's another one and another one you know over time that's so powerful and just being able to uh because if something ever happened to Janella touch wood mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm touching everything for you um thank you <laughs> that uh you've got continuity and mm. you know you ha- it's you could get some help quickly and people know yeah. where you're up to yeah um so What's next? Where, if people want to work out where you are and how they want to get in touch with you and what you're working on next, um, where should we be heading, Suzanne? Well, I've got some things on my website, and in the near future, there will be more. But if they want to know a little bit more about what we do about helping people embrace the unknown, there's a white paper that they can download on my website. They mm-hmm. can connect with me on LinkedIn. All my contact details are all over everything I think website LinkedIn <laughs> you can book a chat if you if you'd like to have a chat always interested in expanding my network and getting to know more people yep um, yeah they're the main ways that people can can connect oh well fantastic Suzanne thank you so much for sharing all your incredible expertise uh, in particular your inspiring story around how you 
you know, built up your practice, but being able to leave corporate, you've led the journey that so many, for those who are listening, go, oh God, I want to be Suzanne when I grow up <laughs> to be able to make that shift. Um, but we're really excited for you with your practice. We know the work that you're putting in and the um, and the thought leadership that you're doing and the innovation and you're a real trailblazer with this expertise that you're sharing um, and it's so relevant for the future of work. So um, so I'm super excited for you. I love the work that you do and um, and we can't wait to see what happens. So you'll have to come back <laughs> when you've when you've um, hit your straps with global domination, we'll have you back. <laughs> well, Jane, um, I just want to say you've been a real game changer, I think, for my practice as oh, well. My pleasure. And it just it, it, you, you really get my world and you understand that and it's made a world of difference to me and my practice and it's helped me get clarity about what my practice needs to look like in the future and what I'm working towards. And I know when you're in any business, you have ups and downs mm -hmm. and it's just makes, just means so much to know that you're in my corner and that you're, you're, you're there supporting and cheering me on. And then if I have a question, you know, you're always just so helpful. So thank you. Uh, that's my pleasure. I'm, you know, it's, it, this is, this is a tough game and if it was you know it was easy it's that saying if it was easy everybody would be doing it um but you know there are the highs of celebrations and so much fun um but we can't you know I always think and you're the same with your own clients your clients say the same thing about you how caring and compassionate and kind and understanding you understand their world and you know that you know how valuable that is for them so um, and, you know, when you're going through complexity and change and uncertainty is you can't just be there for the fun stuff. You know, right. it's the, it's the, it's when you're going through, you know, some tough times is that that's, you know, we talk about personal brand and how things show up when things aren't going to plan sometimes too. And I know you do that for your own clients. So, um, no, I'm, it's my pleasure. I'm so glad you're part of our community and um, you're a really valuable member of our community. So yeah. as all are, but we love, you know, we love working with you, we love your thinking. You always show up, you know, just in so much, um, in, you're inspiring. You're really inspiring oh, for you. us all to to learn from and I learn from you all the time I read your blog every week I'm like Janelle I go <laughs> hey how do, I, how do I implement that that's interesting um but we're so excited for you I can you know we can all see the journey that you're on and we can't wait to see what you do next and so for those who are listening jump on follow Suzanne's work and um yeah we're really cheering you on we can't wait to see what the next 12 to 18 months brings for you thanks Jane really appreciate it <laughs>